Retro Rebel Gamecast episode 67 is brought to you by TempleofGeek.com, your one-stop shop for all things geek. You can find all of our episodes and fulfill your sci-fi, fantasy, and geek culture-related needs at TempleofGeek.com. Welcome to the Retro Rebel Gamecast, where we discuss gaming and related topics. Retro Rebel is released every Friday, and you can find this episode and much more by heading to templeofgeek.com, iTunes, or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. You can even find us on Facebook at Temple of Geek for exclusive content and to see what else we're up to. My name is Stacy, and with me is our new favorite guest host, Cami. What's going on? Woo, let me break things. Hi, how are you guys? You were very excited. You just uh, played. <laughs> Yeah, just uh, three things. So I am super excited to be here. Well, fantastic. Well, so what have you been up to since we talked last? Um, it's been a few uh, episodes, so it has. It has. So I went down to Corpus for an uh, anime and gaming convention called RealmsCon. That was last weekend. So I was there and uh, helping out with all the guests. So that was fun. Um, unfortunately, between that and school, I didn't have a lot of time to actually play games, but. Yeah. Other than that, it's been it's been pretty good. How are you? Oh, I'm doing well. Well, I'd like to hear a little bit more about that that con. And for those that are listening, if you didn't know, Corpus Christi is a is a coastal town in Texas. Um, it's kind of not on the way to anywhere either. Uh, but it's it's, nice <laughs> it's really ever. not. It's not on the way to anywhere, and it's a long way, uh, a long way from everywhere. But uh, so yeah, tell me a little bit more about this this uh, gaming con that you went to. Okay, yeah, absolutely. So uh, it's RealmsCon is the actual name of the convention. Um, it's been around for, oh goodness, I've probably been going for seven or eight years now, and it was around for a couple of years before I started going. Um, but it's it's a pretty decent. Uh, they specialize in kind of bringing in guests from, they bring in guests from like voice actors from anime and video games. They bring in a couple, I think we had a couple indie developers there this year. Um, and they also bring in often movie actors from like 80s horror movies. So they kind of focus nice. on like the, the horror sci-fi aspect of it too. Um, they bring in a lot of kind of uh, Star Trek fan groups, which okay. is also a pretty cool thing. Um. Yeah, so it's a three-day, you know, Friday through Sunday convention that's usually held in uh, October every year. And if you guys are nice. interested, check it out because yeah. uh, the staff's amazing, the volunteers are amazing. It's always been a really, really good experience. I have not been to a con uh, in a year, almost maybe a little over a year. I need to get to another one. To another one. Um, they've had a few in the area. I just haven't been able to get to them. So, well, that's good. That's a ringing endorsement. So uh, if yes. you're interested in that, you should check it out. I guess you missed this year, but, uh, you know, keep your eyes out for next October. Um, yes. Well, awesome. Well, uh, we we discussed it a little bit before we started recording. You are uh, you're going back and playing something in your uh, your back catalog. What are you playing right now? Yes. So I finally started playing Horizon Zero Dawn. Nice. Um, which I got for Christmas, and it's now October, so... A little better late than never, you know? 
Yeah, exactly. And unfortunately, I'm only like five minutes into it. I haven't had a whole lot of time to play, but it's just, it's so beautiful so far, just in terms of graphics, like, wow. So you, I mean, this would be your, I mean, the the strictest definition of your first impression. (laughs) What is your first impression so far? It's beautiful. Um, Anything else? Yeah. Well, so my first impression was, I don't know, I tried to go into it completely blind. So I'm not quite sure what I was expecting. I was, I think I was expecting more of like a historical fantasy type thing. And instead, it's kind of like, actually, no, you're set many, many, many years in the future where the world use bow and arrows. Yeah, basically, the, the world is pretty much collapsed. Right. And now humans have kind of regressed to this kind of tribal societies because of some disaster that happened that I don't Maybe know what it is yet. Political disaster. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, right. Um, um, but yeah, well, good. so okay. It's, it was very much, I was not expecting that. Um, and I really like it. You know, I'm looking, I'm actually trying to go into the last this next star wars film with the mm-hmm. same approach um i as a huge star wars fan star wars fan i've i've always watched all the episodes i mean all the previews i've read all the articles uh-huh. everything i could get my hands on for the very first episode we did a an episode of the togcast and i remember confessing that i even you know went online and found the script i think to revenge of the sith Nice. And uh, and and read part of that. So I, I mean, I like I went as far as I, I ruined the movie. I, I like read the movie before it even came out. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, I've had to kind of reel that in a bit. Uh, and and I was just over the last few years with all the different uh, open betas and you, and the opportunities that people have to play games before they even come out. You know, or they're not even in their finished state. Uh huh. I don't know how that doesn't affect your impression of things. So I think it's commendable. I think it it's actually also kind of awesome to be able to go into a game knowing that it's supposed to be pretty good, but not really having any idea what it's about <laughs> or or like where it's set for the most part, you know? Um, yeah. I think that's that's awesome. Uh, so, yeah, more power to you. Thank you. I mean, that's awesome that you're able to even do that because that's not an easy thing to do. Yeah, and I'm, I'm really enjoying it. Um, well, thank you, first of all. Um, but I, I have that habit, same thing as I spoil things for myself. Cause I'll be like on Twitter or reading news articles about like this game I'm excited about. And so I always spoil at least something for myself. Right. Yeah, so kind absolutely. of coming into this game completely blind is I'm super excited to find out where it goes. <laughs> well, good. Well, uh, good luck on your journey and I, and we'll have to check in and see, uh, see what you're thinking uh, as you get to play more. I know that, uh, like everybody just trying to find time to play is, is a challenge in itself. And that's one of those games that I think is going to take a bit of a, an investment. Yes, absolutely. So, um, well for me, I'm still playing. I, I, I said last week when I spoke to, uh, Amanda that I was going to be finished with Spider-Man and I lied. I tried. Um, I, it's not for a lack of trying. Um, I'm about 80% through the game, uh, or I've completed about 80, a little over 80% of the game so far. And that's including side missions, uh, collectibles. I think that takes it, this game. I don't know if you played any of the Arkham games, especially Arkham City. 
Uh-huh. I did. Yeah. Um, it, this is, and I think it's a, I think it's a, it's, it's a very, uh, it's a very good comparison because it's a very true comparison, but I don't think there's anything wrong with that, that to compare this Spider-Man game to being like the Spider-Man version of Arkham City. Okay. Uh, but instead of Arkham or instead of uh, Gotham City, it's actually, you know, New York City. And, uh, okay. and there are a lot of things that are, there are a lot of parallels to it. You know, you, the collectibles are, uh, you know, they have these collectibles and the collectibles are, collectibles are a part of the game. Um, mm-hmm. I think that they, one thing that they improved upon instead of just having arbitrary collectibles, you get them, uh, you know, like the, the Riddler trophies used to, I, I mean, I, I gave up on those about a third of the way through just because some of them were. It just wasn't. It wasn't fun to me. Like it, the challenge part of throwing your batarang and making it, you know, the 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 uh, the one with the camera on it that you could control, mm-hmm. and all of the different ways that you had to use that to get them. Uh, it, that just wasn't that interesting to me. Um, here, yeah, well, everything that you was collect. The only appeal. What's that? Sorry, I was just saying the challenge was. It is the you're, only appeal. You're absolutely right. Challenge Versus. is the only only appeal to that. Here, yeah. there there are challenges, but the challenges build on a on a, a on a greater story, you know. So there's a lot of comic lore. There's a lot of uh, Easter eggs in there. Uh, all of the backpacks that you had to collect, each of them is a you know a little Easter egg to something in you know the back catalog of uh, Peter Parker's history, uh, whether it's comics or video games or movies, you know. So there's a there's a lot of cool things there. Um, and that's probably the most arbitrary of the collectibles are the backpacks. Uh, okay. But you do get a suit if you collect them all. Um, and that's, that's not a spoiler. You you see that. I mean, that's one of the things. It's it's like hidden behind a wall. It's like you can't see this suit until you collect all the backpacks. Okay. Mm-hmm. Easy. Um, and uh, and there's another one for Black Cat. If you, if you do all of Black Cat's things, it says you can see this suit. So neither one of those are spoilers. Um, but if you... Needed a spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Uh, right. Right. Well, spoiler um, alert for the rest of the episode. For the maybe. rest of the episode. <laughs> I, I'm not going to spoil anything, especially if you are if if you are playing Horizon, then you obviously have a PlayStation. If you have a PlayStation, right. I absolutely recommend playing this game. So um, this is... Uh, I've probably put well over 20 plus hours into the game. Um, and I've enjoyed every minute i enjoy swinging through the city the you know his the rogues gallery that that spider-man has is on par maybe it's not quite as good as batman's uh, mm-hmm. but it's pretty good and and depending on if you're a bigger spider-man fan you may not agree but um you know you get there are lots of nods to to the different villains um whether they're actually in the game or if they're just hinted at or you get to see him cameo um okay. It's just it's just been a lot of fun, and everything seems to have a purpose to build. I have one complaint though. I have one. It has not. It is the thing I enjoy the least about the game. Okay. Uh, it is. It is one thing that it just really takes you out of the experience. When when you play as Batman, and I'm just going. I'm going to pose this question to you, Cami. I, I want to know when you play as Batman okay. in a Batman game. Mm-hmm. Do you want to you want to play as Batman, right? 
Right. Right. So I bought this game to play as Batman. I did not buy this game to play as Alfred. Right. Okay. Right. Fair. I don't need to make, you know, sneak through the house to set the alarm while, you know, one of the bad guys is in Wayne Manor, you know, or some sneak mission where I'm actually, you know, you're you're kind of helpless. I, I appreciate what they tried to do, but there are a couple missions in the Spider-Man game where you are taking, you take the role of some of the more helpless characters. Okay. Uh, and you, and there are these, these uh, stealth missions where you're having to sneak through and, and uh, you know, stay behind chest high walls to make sure nobody sees you. Each one of them has their own little kind of gimmick. Uh, and, and that's what the only thing that you have to use to get you through. Uh, the these little side mission. I mean, they're not even side missions. They are a part of the story. You have to play them, you know. Okay. So you can't get around them anyway. They are the they're, they're the part of the game that I've enjoyed the least. Uh, but that okay. is a small knock, really, against a, a, a really really good solid game. So okay, um, but yeah. Anyway, bold of you to assume that Alfred can't also kick ass. I you know you were correct. I I, I guess <laughs> I guess I was just. Trying to paint it in the same light as what, you know, because I would like to think no, I got you. that, uh, you know, that Mary Jane might be a pretty formidable foe. Uh, oh, heck know? yeah. Uh, but um, not against Rhino, you know. She, <laughs> right. doesn't have a, she's, she doesn't have a whole lot of uh, Yeah. Uh, you know, she's, she's not going to be able to stand toe-to-toe there. So. Yeah, no, taking shelter would probably be the best taking move. Taking shelter is the best bet there. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Well, good. Well, uh, there is some gaming news. You know, generally when we do news on this show, we don't go run down all of the news of the day. Uh, that's just not really the... Um, this isn't the place for that necessarily, but we do like to share stuff that I think is interesting to our fans, but also interesting to us. And that's really most important is, do I think it's interesting or do you think it's interesting? Um, we've been following this Telltale uh, story uh, for the last few weeks in the tragic closing of Telltale Studios um, that was met with, uh, you know, considerable, um, I guess, dismay is one way to put it, but also just disbelief that uh, that that a, that a company that seemed to be, I mean, for all intents and purposes, we I thought that they were doing fine. I thought sales for their games were doing well. Um but closed their doors uh, out of nowhere right after the release of The Walking Dead. And uh, mm-hmm. and so everybody was pretty bummed about that. Uh, I'm not sure how you felt. How did you feel about uh, Telltale closing their doors? Um. Well, I hadn't really been keeping up with the news on the whole. So when I found out they were closing their doors, it was a bit of a surprise to me, which... I mean, I suppose that if you had been following the news, it might have been less of a surprise. But to me, I was like, wait, what? Right. Um, and so it was it was really it was really saddening. And it, it especially made me feel really bad for all of the developers that got let go without severance pay, without health insurance, like all that kind of stuff. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, that's that's horrible. I mean, horrible for the company and for the games they produced. Right. But, yeah, horrible for everyone involved, I think. And so. No, it was it was terrible, and they kept they held on to twenty five or so mm-hmm. employees as a skeleton crew to kind of finish some things up. And I believe within yeah, the, the, last the Minecraft week, one. Yes. Well, yep. as soon as that was done, they were canned as well. So uh, That's those so sad. 
Yeah, those 25 are now no longer employees. Um, so Telltale's officially completely shut down. Uh, that is, as of this week, that was reported uh, first by, uh, I believe Kotaku uh, did first, but I don't want to irresponsibly say that. So I'm going to say I don't know who did it, but I do know mm-hmm. that it is done. So you can check that out. But I do know that Kotaku, uh, they reported The Walking Dead will be finished by another company. And, okay. Uh, and and so yeah, that was one of the things that I was most concerned with because this is a story I'm heavily invested in. I have played all three of I played pretty much every of every iteration of this. So every okay. episode of of Clementine's adventure, I've I've played it, and so I'm invested in. I kind of want to know the end of it, you know. And yeah. As of as of the firing of everybody, they only had two episodes completed. And okay. So, I mean, there were a lot of people that already bought the season pass and were potentially not going to get, I mean, it was just going to end at two episodes with no finale. And, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a, that's a bit of a problem in my yes. opinion, you know, to not, to not finish the story. I'm glad, um, I assumed somehow, I guess the best that they were going to try to find a way to finish it. And I'm just glad to hear that they, uh, that they found a way. So I don't know if it's going to be at the same level uh, that the other ones have been considering it's going to a new studio, but I have faith that, um, that they'll keep everything in the spirit of, you know, what ultimately Telltale wanted to do. Maybe they'll even hire some of those people on, you know, if, uh, if they're smart, they'll consult them at least. Yeah. uh, You know, so, so that's good news. Um, uh, did you have any news? I have a couple other things, but I didn't want to hog all the all the time. Did you have any news that you wanted to share? Anything that's happened recently that you might want to, or that you that you wanted to share with it with the people? Um. Yeah. So I mean, I know I've been looking at the um, the PS4 re-release of uh, Castlevania Symphony oh, of the Night. Yeah. Um. So, I'm excited about that, of course, because I played the original, um, and I'm a little disappointed because they changed the, because of course they're bringing in voice actors and all of that, but they changed the the lines that have become, practic- that are meme-worthy, you know, the ones that everyone knows. Yeah. Um, because you know how sometimes the terrible mistranslations or the awkward translations become so popular with the fans, like Aerith's "The Sky Are Sick" from Final Fantasy VII, yeah, <laughs> um, and stuff like that, you know. And so they had that whole in the original Symphony of the Night, they had the whole, you know, your words are as empty as your soul. Mankind ill needs a savior such as you, right? Yes, <laughs> which was wonderful. And especially, I, you know, what is a man, a miserable pile of secrets. I mean, I quote that at my friends sometimes because it's hilarious. <laughs> but they retranslated All your base belong to us. Right? Like, it, they've become classics. But unfortunately, in the re-release of Symphony of the Night, they're using the PSP, like, retranslation. So it's, like, completely different and not the same. And I'm just like, aw. Of course, I'm still right. I'm still super excited about the game. I'm still super looking forward to it, and I'm going to be really excited to play it. But I'm kind of like, oh, come on, guys. (laughs) 
Well, um, yeah. yeah. And I then the other thing, thing it is a great game. So it it is a fantastic game, and I'm really excited to see it on the PS4. So I will be looking forward to that. Um, but the other thing that I just heard about from my brother, who's a Fortnite player, is that apparently you have a lot of scammers who are taking advantage of Fortnite's popularity and. Basically, a lot of people who going who go looking for like cheats for Fortnite are apparently um, being subject to like phishing scams and Trojan horse malware and stuff. So interesting. I know. So if you play Fortnite, don't go looking for cheats because uh, that could be a problem. Well, it can, and and that's one of the things that I personally have had to. Uh, I don't guess I really had to. I haven't had to do much in terms mm-hmm. of of more than educate my son just because he's, he's the one that plays Fortnite most. I don't play it very often. I have played on occasion, but there's, there are always people that are trying to get one over or trying to get the edge and, and uh, V bucks are the currency, you know, in that game. And Mm -hmm. so there were a lot of scams on trying to get free V bucks um, Mm -hmm. or extra V bucks or whatever. And and all you had to do was subscribe or, you know, do this or Or install that app or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it, and they'd be free. And, uh, you know, having, I've never bought gold and wow, but I know a lot of people that have, and I've had my account hacked a couple times back in the day when it was really big for blizzard. Mm -hmm. And they were really trying to fight all that, all the hackers and all the, uh, all the uh, accounts that were being hacked and stolen and your equipment's just being sold off and, and you don't have any gold. And so you log on when you finally get your account back and you have no armor and your character's just basically naked. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, and you know, and, and, but there were a lot of things. And I guess I learned at that point, you know, that all of these things are pretty much a trick. And so there's really no way around doing what the game wants you to do. You know, mm-hmm. there's there there aren't many edges that you can get. You just kind of have to play within the rules. So if you see something that says it's going to give you an advantage, there's a really good chance, if not an absolute certainty, that it is going to bring you more trouble than it is good. So <laughs> yeah, probably yeah, a trick. So yeah, exactly. And and I mean, and especially. I mean, it's not like this is kind of a new thing with this whole like, oh, free whatever currency, but it's actually a scam. Um, What surprised me is that um, a lot of these uh, scammers or whatever are actually like creating fake aimbots. So you download the aimbot thinking it's an aimbot, but actually it's a phishing scam and and it copies like it steals your browser information and your Bitcoin wallets and all that kind of stuff. And I was just like, whoa. Wow. That's not something I expected to see. That's pretty intricate. Yeah. Well, well yeah, so be aware Anyways. of that. Just know there's no there's no easy way. Um, yeah. Man. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to uh, share that. I'll pass that along to my son. So. Uh, yeah. there, one other thing, or a couple other things, really. Um, one I wanted to mention, uh, the, the, the CD Projekt Red, which is the, the, the uh, company behind the Witcher video games. Mm-hmm. They and the author of the Witcher books are in a dispute over royalties. Oh, no. And the author is claiming that he is owed about $16 million based on the, uh, I guess, based on the, the net worth of the game and or the games that have come out because there's been three. And uh, mm-hmm. 
And so he says he's owed about $16 million. Uh, CD Projekt Red is saying that uh, is absurd. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know enough about the legalese in this. From, mm-hmm. from what I read, though, the author, whose name I cannot pronounce, uh, <laughs> yeah, but uh, mm-hmm. you can look it up. It is it, The books, I believe, I know they're European. I'm trying to remember the, the, com- the country that they're from. Uh, they were translated... They, they, uh, I almost bought one the other day, actually, because I just kind of wanted to learn a little bit more or, or kind of dive into that lore a little bit because I do love The Witcher. Um, uh-huh. But uh, from what I understand, the, uh, the rights to the character were sold to the company. So, okay. And there was a lump sum. And, and even the, the author even said, I was stupid. I just wanted the money. I should have, you know. So it's almost like he is... Is just giving up and saying, "Yeah, I'm going to sue," oh. but I already know that I'm maybe I'm not going to win. Or the idea that uh, you know I made the decision to take the money at first, but now I'm regretting it. And it's almost as if he's saying the exact thing. So I don't know how much uh, you know how much weight this case is going to carry, or if he's even has a chance. If you're interested in that, you know you can go check out uh, more on that. I know that they're uh, they're releasing more information daily, so. Uh, but I thought that was yeah. just because Project Red's about to come out with the cyber, uh, is it Cyberpunk 2077? Cyber? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, I, I know the game you're talking, I know the game you're talking about, I just don't remember the name. But I'll have to, I'll have to look this up, I'm really interested, because I think I've told you I'm right in the middle of my MBA, and the MBA requires courses in business law. Right. So I actually just finished one of my business law courses, and of course, the entirety almost of that was contract law. Ooh. Um. So I'll have to look up the case and read up on it myself and see. Uh, but yeah, it sounds like if he sold it for a lump sum, then he shouldn't have the rights anymore, and unless the contract specifically says that he should be given royalties, he I don't think he should. Um. But again, this is just based on what you've just told me, so I'd have to actually go in and read up on the case a little bit more before I right. started right. talking about it like I know what I'm saying. Exactly. Well, yeah, and I didn't want to say more than I, than I know either. So mm-hmm. um, So anyway, uh, yeah, that's, I think that's interesting. Cyberpunk 2077 is the game uh, that, that Project Red is actually putting together. I'm really excited about that game too. Anything that they do has been quality. And this mm-hmm. looks to be really ambitious and up my alley in terms of, of my interests. So uh, I don't know if you've seen much on Cyberpunk 2077, but looks- uh, I haven't. The only thing, the only places I've seen it mentioned are like in the context of the Witcher series. Ah, yeah. Same, um, same. Yeah, but I'll have to check it out. Yeah, it is. It looks fantastic. So, well, uh, and then the last thing uh, ending on a, on a high note. Uh, if you are with it being October and if you were a fan of Friday the 13th and you have a PlayStation plus account, <laughs> uh, you can get Friday the 13th for free right now. So, um, that's one of those games that I've really wanted to play, but only wanted to play with friends because it looks mm-hmm. like it's a whole lot of fun to play with friends. I think that that, that is one of the games that's, it's the most streamable it's the most, uh, you know, I think it's it's just one, it's a great party game, you know, where somebody can play Jason, but your other friends can all play the idiot counselors. 
and uh-huh. and uh, just run around Crystal Lake and try to escape while whoever's playing Jason is trying to murder you. So um, it looks it that looks like, like so much fun. It's a little glitchy, but mm-hmm. anyway, it's oh, it's may have to pick that up. Yeah, it's for free, and if you've got friends, uh, if you have friends, I don't know if any <laughs> if of you, you have, out there have friends. friends <laughs> uh, it is it does look like it's a lot of fun. Amanda and I have tried or talked about playing this, but the fact that I think you can get it on uh, Xbox as well, but it's free on on PlayStation. So, well, Kami, if you have a PlayStation, then maybe we should play this game at some point. If you get it, it's free. So, yeah. Um, is it is it local multiplayer only? I don't think so. I think it's online. I think you can just oh okay. A, you get into kind of like on Fortnite. I think you get into a group, and I think you can okay. get into a group actively like into your own group so uh if we had three or four people that wanted to play that would be something that might be fun so yeah absolutely let's play sometime let's do it uh well good well that brings us to our main topic today and and something that uh we have covered a little bit on this show before uh but maybe not at the depth that we will today I, I, actually i know we haven't uh, we're going to talk about kingdom hearts kind of all things kingdom hearts going building up to kingdom hearts three which is supposed to release next year i mean they put it did they give us a date yet do you know yes um let me see oh goodness it it's january quarter, it's january 25th in japan january 29th in north america nice okay january 29th in north america well good well that is first quarter so that's good um uh, first quarter of the year anyway uh so that's so awesome. excited so we do actually have a uh have a date on this game um for those of you that <laughs> finally finally yeah i mean it's been in over 10 years hasn't it um i think so Was yeah it 2006 or um, 2008 that uh now obviously i mean there have been uh there have been other stories and games released there's like 2.5 <laughs> and uh oh what we'll, I, we're, we'll get into those games because i'm gonna let you <laughs> do some of that explanation because as we said in, in chat the other day, uh, the story to me is somewhat convoluted. So, <laughs> yes. yes, yeah, it, it can be. It can be right. So, now you had a had a suggestion. So, if you were to go in and and start playing Kingdom Hearts and try to catch up before Kingdom Hearts three is released, what would your strategy be to make sure that you could understand the story as clearly as possible? If you have the time, and this is the big thing because, oh my goodness, you put all these games together and it's a significant chunk of time. But if you have the time, I'd recommend going through and playing them in chronological order instead of release order. Um, now, there are some games you can skip or like just read a summary of online. Um, I guess Chain of Memories would be one of those, which is kind of took place that you could skip took in between one and two. You'd still have to like read a summary of it because there are some events that happen there that are referenced later. Yeah. Um, but you don't actually have to play the game to get them, which is good because the gameplay in that one makes me angry. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> we'll have to talk about that later too. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so the big ones that you absolutely need to play, you definitely need to play Birth by Sleep, then one, then at least read up on Chain of Memories. Okay. Um, 
you need to play you need to play 358 days over two which is the one a lot of people neglect and skip but that one answers quite a few questions that are raised in one and two okay that won't get answered otherwise so days then play two okay um and then <sighs> dream drop distance which was the one for the 3ds is again one that <sighs> Personally, I'd recommend you play it because it also answers a lot of questions that aren't answered anywhere else. But if you don't feel like it, yeah, you can skip it and like read a summary instead or like watch all the cutscenes put together in a YouTube video or something like that. Right. Which is how I um, do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that kind of gets you the main story and all the main stuff for those five games, I guess. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And then in one of the compilations, um, I believe it was in 2.5, the, the 1.5 plus 2.5 remix for the PS4. If you haven't played any of the games, you don't own any of the games, that's the one you should get is the 1.5 plus 2.5 remix because that's kind of the, the cheapest way to get the majority of the story. It has... Um, Kingdom Hearts, the Final Mix version, it has Chain of Memories. Um, it has uh, 358 uh, over two days, which I still don't know if it's like 358 over two or 358 days over two, but whatever. <laughs> um, and then it has Kingdom Hearts 2. It has Birth by Sleep. Um, it has Recoded, which you don't need to play because it's essentially a rehash of the original. Yeah. Um. And it has what we call 2.8, which is like the prologue for 3, and it also has Dream Drop Distance. Uh -huh. So if you get that 1.5 plus 2.5, it's one compilation, and it has everything up until now, including um, the, the like two or three hour uh, prequel to 3. Which is like, um, it's really good. And you see they use the Unreal Engine 4, which is the same engine they're using to make Kingdom Hearts 3. Um, nice. And you get the gameplay that they're going to have in Kingdom Hearts 3. So it's kind of a little bit of getting used to 3 before 3 comes out. And it's also a nice little like three hour kind of story thing. That's about my length of a game right now. So I could, I could, I could handle a three hour and and that's probably if I if I were to pick up anything and and try to play something beforehand, because to be completely honest, two was the last one I played. I haven't played any of the mm -hmm. games in between, and I really didn't understand how we got to two, based on what happened after one. Yes, that's because chain of memories. So there's a game that you're supposed to play between one and two, <laughs> which gives you the story. Yeah, and I was like, whatever. <laughs> I'm just gonna play it anyway. So I did. Yeah. And I enjoyed it. You know, I enjoyed it because of the reasons that why or the reasons I think most people do is because it's it puts together a lot of the best parts of Final Fantasy and the characters from Final Fantasy. And then if you like Disney at all, and I, I do, uh, then you get to dive into those those stories as well and those worlds and all that's been pretty awesome. So. Mm -hmm. So I got I got and... past the fact that I had no idea what was going on. Yeah, and, and the overarching narrative as a whole is so good. So I actually, in undergrad, uh, where I went to school, they let um, undergraduate students teach like one credit semester long courses in whatever subject they want, as long as you go through like a pedagogy class. Mm -hmm. 
And so I did that. So the class I taught was uh, kind of analyzing narrative in video games. Basically, we took video games and we pulled them apart like you would in like any sort of English or literary analysis class. Very nice. And Kingdom Hearts was one of the games we focused on. We had two whole classes devoted to pulling apart Kingdom Hearts 1 and Kingdom Hearts 2 from a thematic standpoint. Um, So so obviously I love the game if I was willing to teach a class on it. Um, And so one of the things we focused on were kind of the themes of like light and dark and how Kingdom Hearts kind of took that a unique perspective, at least in terms of like Western perceptions of light and dark, like, you know, light is good, dark is bad, whereas Kingdom Hearts took more of a, you want more light and darkness, but balance is also important. You can't, like, you don't want pure one or pure the other necessarily, because then it's easy, especially with um, Dream Drop Distance, where, so spoiler alert for Dream Drop Distance, Um, towards the end... Sora gets like knocked out and he's he's basically being manipulated by the bad guys because he's Sora and he believes everybody, right? Right, right. And so he kind of the bad guys are kind of easily able to like trick him and like get, you know, and all this kind of stuff. And of course Riku comes charging in, like saves the day cuz Riku's awesome. Um but so that was something that they actually was actually really really interesting to me in the sense that like in this in this case, Sora's like heart of pure light or whatever was a bit of a down or was a bit of a weakness for him, not necessarily a downfall. And so he needed Riku, who has a balance of light and dark, to come in and save the day. Um, ah. And so that was that was really really interesting to me from a uh, narrative standpoint and from the whole like messing with the idea of light and dark and that like sometimes you need a balance. Sometimes you need the gray. Yeah. So that was super, super interesting. Interesting. Okay. Well, I mean, you already you already left the spoiler alert. So from this point forward, if you have not seen anything about Kingdom Hearts 3 uh, or, or really played much of the other two games, I encourage you to go play those first, come back, and then listen to the rest of this because we're just going to basically throw spoilers out um, however we see fit at this point. So... Uh, yes. You have been warned that is what we are going to do from this point forward. Uh, if you are still here, then welcome, and we will proceed. So, yes. Um, so, yeah, so now feel free at any point to go ahead and, and uh, take from what you already know from, your, uh, from the courses that you've taught on this subject <laughs> to fill yeah. in the gaps in the story. Because, again, for me, uh, I, I don't remember. I mean, like, I, I remember the, the world's. I mean, mm-hmm. I remember the first game. I, I know the fact that the Keyblades play a major role, um, but they are also very unique, or there are unique Keyblades. They, you know, it, can you shed some light on, I guess, what uh, or how those fit into the overall story? Uh, what's the significance of the Keyblades? Okay, yeah. So um, I, I saw that there was something. Going... Anyway, go, go ahead. Yeah, so. This is going back into like the 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 mobile game actually cuz the mobile game has some stuff that's relevant to the plot because of course it does. They can't be content spreading across like consoles and handhelds. They got to move to the mobiles too. Right. Anyways. Yeah. 
So there's this whole thing about how there's this legend that like the 13 wielders of darkness clashed against the seven guardians of light. And basically there was this thing that was originally called the keyblade or the kyblade, right? Only with like the Greek symbol instead of like the word key, right? Right. So you have the, 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 I guess I'll just call it like the proto keyblade, the original. And it shattered in this war um, into 20 pieces. And so these 13 wielders of darkness and these seven guardians of light, um, the legend is that the fragments of this proto keyblade will all be passed down to these people. And when they fight, it will, the fragments will reunite and create the keyblade, the proto keyblade again, ah. which has some sort of, undefined power i just kind of imagined it like the infinity gauntlet honestly (laughs) (laughs) but so yeah the idea is that it has this super strong power etc so a decade or two before the first kingdom hearts takes place you had this old guy named xehanort right okay and he was trying to get his hands on this proto keyblade Um, And he was voiced by Leonard Nimoy, who did a fantastic job, by the way. Awesome. I didn't know (laughs) that. Fun fact. Oh, yeah. The the fun part is that um, Leonard Nimoy voiced this guy. And then, like, his main kind of uh, opponent, who is, like, this uh, master Keyblade dude, was voiced by Mark Hamill. So it was Leonard Nimoy voices. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So we had this kind of Star Trek versus Star Wars showdown. It was great. (laughs) Um, Anyways. So, Xehanort's hunt for this Keyblade, um, he kind of led to all of this starting, right? Because we know that in Kingdom Hearts 1, Xehanort disguised, like, went around saying he was Ansem, and then his Heartless was created, and we had to fight uh, Xehanort's Heartless, right, at the end of Kingdom Hearts 1. And then we had to fight Xemnas, his nobody, at the end of Kingdom Hearts 2. So he right. is the one in his right. search for this proto keyblade, this mythical weapon. He's the one that kind of jump started the entire thing that's happening with Sora and Riku in the current day. Ah. And one of the reasons he did that is because he found one of the individuals who a fragment of this keyblade had been handed down to, whose name was Ventus. And this is all in birth by sleep. And in Ventus's journey to A, figure out what the heck he was going on, and B, like stop Xehanort, he ended up in a his his heart ended up in a coma inside of Sora. So that's why Xehanort's after Sora. If that if makes you're sense. Still following. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you're still following. Yes. Um yes. Okay, okay. So that's kind of a bit of the background about why the proto-Keyblade is important, why Xehanort's after it, and how Xehanort came to be after Sora. Uh, okay, okay. Uh, yeah. One second. I'm, I'm pulling up some of the info on Kingdom Hearts 3 just so that we can transition uh, seamlessly as we are. Um. <laughs> yes, nice. Um, so basically uh well there is no way to 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 boil that down i mean that's 
I've thoroughly, like I said, I thoroughly enjoyed the story, especially of the first one. I missed a little bit because I didn't play those games in between, especially, uh, was it, you said, uh, Birth by Sleep, or was it, which one did I yeah, miss? Yeah, so Birth, you missed Chain of Memories. Chain of Memories so the order is Birth by Sleep, and these are just like the main games. Birth by Sleep, one, Chain of Memories, and then 358 over two days, um, both of which kind of happen at the same time. And then Kingdom Hearts 2, and then Dream Drop Distance. Ah, okay, okay. Uh, so, yeah, so I missed I missed a little bit of the story, but like I said, I'm not going to let that stop me. And, and your synopsis mm -hmm. is something that will definitely help. So, <laughs> going back, and I mean, yeah, it's... Uh, What's that? People, like, when Birth by Sleep was released, we figured it was just kind of a one-off, a bit of backstory. And then... Aqua, the main female character of Birth by Sleep, is now, if you've seen any of the trailers, she's in, like, all of them. Right. You know, she's super important. She's the girl with the blue hair. Yes. Um, which, admittedly, I wasn't expecting when I started Birth by Sleep, because I knew a little bit of the background of, like, the two male characters, but I didn't know anything about her. And I was like, oh, well, her story is going to be the least interesting, because that's the one I'm the least invested in. And then she became a powerhouse, and I was like, oh, I actually, she's my favorite. Um, so if you haven't played Birth by Sleep, guys, go play Birth by Sleep because it's really, really, really good. Um, and also Mickey Mouse is Yoda in it. Fantastic. So. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Well, uh, that brings us really to this third iteration. So Kingdom Hearts 3 is being released in January. Um, they have released a little bit of information about it. One of the things that I loved about the first two, and I think is why it's why I love Guardians of the Galaxy so much, uh, and, and other movies where the music is almost iconic. It's like it is what is attaches you to the movie or to the to the property. And Kingdom Hearts with uh, Simple and Clean, which was the first, uh, I think it was on the first one, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was the first, it was the first one. one, and then they used remixes of it for everything kind of around the first right. game. Right, and then they also used uh, Utada's uh, Passion or Sanctuary, I believe, was yes. for the second game, uh, mm -hmm. which I own all of that music now. <laughs> it's you know, but such I, good music. Oh, yeah, I think I own the Japanese version of all of those songs, too, so... Um, just a big fan of all that, and, and it really sets the tone. It really, I think it's 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 perfect for for the for the games and and i think it's something that fans of the games probably remember as much if not more than anything else i mean they'll attach memories to the music mm -hmm. that's in the games and i think that's one of the more beloved components of it not just the story and not just the games and the disney aspect of it but the music has been a really big part have you yeah i anticipate they're going to use some of the same music but i've also seen uh, some news we that, get a new song yeah that there's gonna be a new song um yes we get a new song i'm so excited don't think twice don't think twice okay okay well i'll be i'll be in, i'll be looking forward to that uh because the other two have really i mean they they've set the tone for you know kind of what to be ex what we can expect uh i know skrillex is supposed to have something to do with it yeah so and i I don't know if this has been confirmed yet, but the rumor is that we're actually getting two new songs. Mm. 
Okay. Well, I know I, that they... again, I haven't confirmed that, but yeah, I haven't. Sorry, I haven't ahead. either. I know that. Uh, I know I've seen on multiple outlets that Skrillex is supposed to have something to do with the opening or the theme song. Um, so I guess we'll see. Um, I don't know what to think about that, but <laughs> me, me neither. But apparently, um, apparently, the reason Skrillex got involved is because the. Um... Yeah, is because he's uh, I guess the the or... mind behind Skrillex is yeah he's a huge Kingdom Hearts fan apparently and I was like um what oh yeah exactly well I imagine like... this won't be the dubstep version of it um, right he is a DJ so I mean I imagine he has the capability to do more than just that so I'm I'm excited yeah about that. yeah so the music's a yes, big part yes and the name of oh you, sorry go you ahead. were gonna say. Yeah, the, so the name of the song that Skrillex is doing for, I guess, the the opening, because um, he's collaborating with uh, Utada Hikaru. Oh, nice. And um, apparently they're calling it Face My Fears. Face My Fears. So okay. I'm kind of like, I'm like, I don't, that sounds really if cool. If they're collaborating, then I'm not worried about it at all. So, yeah, you know, because the remix is to Simple and Clean. I mean, that's not the the original song. You know, that's not how the song was released. Um at first, so I mean, it, it's a it's more of a dance version. So, uh, I, mm-hmm. I've, I've got complete faith it's going to be fine, and I'm looking forward to it. So, that's exciting. Yeah. Uh, but the music is just one part of it. Well, the other probably biggest draw maybe is this this mashup of of Square Enix products or or uh, the Final Fantasy world and all all that that uh, that comes with that mashed up with the world of Disney, you know? So, uh, I think one of the, or probably some of the most memorable parts of kingdom hearts are these worlds that you get to dive into and going into each one of these mm-hmm. Disney universes. And, uh, and then looking, I think I, I, I speak for many people to say that that was one of the things that, that people looked forward to is seeing what, well, where are we going to go next? You know, uh, mm-hmm. and, and what worlds are going to be available to us? And, and there's so many different properties that Disney could still dive into um, that they haven't yet, and some of which have been named. So again, like we said, there were spoilers, but these are just if you're just trying to keep your head in the sand. This is stuff you can get online. I mean, this is not uh, this is not uh, us. Uh, we haven't we haven't been given secret information. So, uh, but what are some of the some of the mentioned or, or confirmed worlds that you're interested in in going to? going to visit yeah so they confirmed um what they call the kingdom of corona which is from tangled right um they confirmed big hero 6 they confirmed the world of monsters inc um they confirmed toy story and they confirmed frozen um those are the ones i know about um they might have confirmed something like other worlds more recently but i'm pretty sure those are all the ones we have so far um, and Wreck-It Ralph is going to appear in Toy Story World. Yes, I did hear that. Supposedly. Yeah. Which I'm I'm very excited about. Um, I'm really excited about the Monsters, Inc. world, about what they're going to do with that. Um, the, the outfits are cracking me up, <laughs> at least for Monsters, Inc. I'm just like, okay. I mean, I know like we, we have like outfit changes, like Halloween Town. Right. Those outfits look super cool in the second game. 
but I don't know. I saw the Monsters Inc. designs, and I was like, okay, that's that's kind of cute. <laughs> but like, I shouldn't be thinking Sora is like adorable. <laughs> it's probably not what we want, but okay. Well, but probably is. You know, I mean, you are. <laughs> yeah, but probably. You know, yeah, you're traversing this these worlds with Donald Duck and Goofy in tow, usually. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I'm really excited about Toy Story, just because it's been like. I don't know, ever since probably Chain of Memories, I've been going, are we going to get Toy Story? Are we going to get Toy Story? Are we going to get Toy Story? Just because it's an older Disney property, you know? Yeah. Um, And so I'm kind of like, it's about time we got, like, older property in. Come on, guys. Yes. Um, So they finally put it in, and I'm super excited about that. (laughs) Yeah, I I think that that's probably the... Those are probably the worlds that I'm most interested in visiting you know uh monsters inc for me is probably the one i'm most excited about um it i've seen mention of twilight town what is twilight town okay so twilight town is actually from the second game do you remember um at the very beginning of the second game when you're playing through as roxas right and that town you're in with uh with all your like friends from like summer vacation or whatever turned out to like not really be real. But yeah. Yeah. That's Twilight Town. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. Um, yeah. What, so I'm excited. We'll be going back there. I, I have a feeling that there's going to be a, a little bit of retreading um, just because it's going to tie mm-hmm. up a lot of the loose ends. I don't know that they'll do another one after this one. So this may actually be the last one. Uh, so if that's the case, I think that there are quite a few story threads that they're going to need to tie up. So, um, so I imagine they're so, retreading. What were you going to say? No, I was just going to say, so this was a quote, um, from quite a few years back. So I'm not sure if it's still applicable, but, um, it was, I want to say it was not, it might've been the director at the time. I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure who at Square Enix it was, but from what I understand is this game is supposed to wrap up the Xehanort arc. Oh, okay. It's supposed to be... So, like, from the time they put out Kingdom Hearts 2, I think, the whole thing was supposed to be a trilogy. Of course, they then put out a whole bunch of, like, in-between games to pad it out and give you all the information. But the Xehanort arc is supposed to be a trilogy. So that... The whole bit with Xehanort, I guess, is supposed to come to a close with this game. So I don't know if they're going to end it here as a series as a whole, or if this is just going to be the end of the first arc. Nice. Well, I mean, there's no reason why they should stop it. I mean, if there's more story to tell or the fact that it will sell, um, yeah. I don't think that, uh, you know, if, if money is the reason, I don't think that they're, they'll stop. Uh, but if the story's done and, and you've completed the arc, uh, you know, I could see this being the last one uh, if that's the case, but especially as long as this one was in development. <laughs> but, uh, yes. So uh, lastly, I just wanted to maybe speculate. Are there any worlds that you might, uh, that, that you're interested in seeing? Well, and I know I've, they've announced so many. Of course, Frozen was like a dead giveaway. Um, yeah. And then, of course, they're smashing Toy Story and Wreck-It Ralph together. Um, one thing that was going around in the rumor mill for a while, at least, was, um, Marvel, since Disney technically owns Marvel. Ooh, yeah. 
Um, which I'm like, on one hand, that would be cool. But on the other hand, I kind of want to keep my Kingdom Hearts and my Marvel separate. Right. Yeah. Um, of course, Star Wars was also a rumor going around since Disney acquired Star Wars. Man, that um, would be awesome too, but that'd be almost impossible. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, although like a lightsaber keyblade would probably be pretty cool, but also ridiculously impractical. Not like the keyblade's not already an impractical weapon. Because you break your, wit- your your wrist if you tried to swing That's it. Um, <laughs> um, I don't know uh, in terms of like a new world that I think we can expect to see, but I think we can expect to see new Final Fantasy characters. That's probably my big thing that I'm expecting, especially with you know 13 and 15 having having come out since the last since Kingdom Hearts two. Right. Um. Uh, plus, of course, you know, you do have some like NPCs that are well-known-ish from 14 um, and 12, of course, 12 came out about the time Kingdom Hearts 2 came out. So, I mean, you have three new Final Fantasy universes um, for them to pull characters from. So I'd be very surprised if we don't see at least one or two new Final Fantasy characters. I would love to see that. I would love for them to pull some of the... the uh... Some of the earlier characters were, I mean, you really started... I mean, I would love to see some four or six characters. Um, you know, Final Fantasy four and six. Um, I don't know that... I don't know if they're as recognizable. You know, I mean, Cloud has been in a lot of other things at this point, and so he's not as blocky as he was in seven. So you, <laughs> right. so you might... Uh, you would. I think you could recognize him, too, if you saw him. Uh, or any of those guys. So yeah, I would love to see some of those characters. I actually think, and I don't think it's been announced, but I wouldn't be surprised if you saw some Incredibles, uh, or or mm-hmm. some okay. either that world or some of the characters. Uh, I would not be surprised if if they helped you uh, in some form, and, and that's probably the world that I'm that I speculate we'll get to see if they haven't announced it yet. Uh, at the very least, we'll get to see those characters. I'll, I, I almost guarantee we'll see them. Um, mm-hmm. But I want to see the ones that you mentioned. So <laughs> I would most like to see uh, to go into a Marvel Universe or a... Uh, I think actually Star Wars would be the one that I'd like to see the most. I think that out of all of them, it's the one that would be the, the easiest, I guess, because it is the most different and unique. It's... Uh, the Marvel Universe is our world, you know. Yeah. So that would be the same as the Incredibles or uh, or whatever else. It's kind of built in an actual place or actual world, actual city, uh, you know. And Marvel's mm-hmm. built in our world, so there'd be too much crossover. I don't know if you could actually do it, but you could actually do like another planet. You could do Tatooine, or you could do um, you know something that's got a very specific look. I don't know that they would, mm-hmm. but I think that you could. So. Yeah, my biggest concern with that would be probably how well would because the tones of the two series yeah. feel very different. They do. So I think the the biggest issue that they'd have to overcome would be the tonal dissonance. True. Um, but if they could do that, then I think it would be amazing. It would be amazing. I think that it's probably best to keep it fantastical and and uh, yeah, and tonally, I don't know that they could make that make that shift and, and still hold true to the worlds and still hold true to kind of the story. I don't, I don't know that you could, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah, 
They did because they they ran into that problem a little bit when they did in Dream Drop Distance. You can go to Tron's world, right? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Now you could do you could do Tron in Kingdom Hearts two, which is actually what made me super excited for the Tron sequel, um, for Legacy. But um, and that was awesome. But then in Dream Drop Distance, the story was in Tron Legacy. Ah, which okay. um, have you seen Tron Legacy? I, I have. Uh... I also haven't finished watching it. I've okay. started watching well, you, it three you know or four that, times and I just can't finish it. It's it's actually really good if you finish it. I loved it. Um, but the tone is much, much darker. Yeah. You know? And so there was definitely a little bit of... They, they lightened the tone a little bit of the legacy storyline yeah. when they put it into Kingdom Hearts, which I didn't have a problem with because it wasn't that much lighter just a little bit and it still hit the major plot points with kind of the appropriate gravitas yeah. but still it was a little bit lighter to mesh with king to mesh with like the kingdom hearts theme even though dream drop distance in and of itself was a darker game yeah. um so is it ended up working there um but it was a very very like it felt like a balancing act so I'd be interested to see if they could pull that off again with Star Wars. Interesting. Yeah, well, I mean, there's a precedent, so maybe they can, you know, um, change mm-hmm. the tone a bit. Maybe just set it in the cantina. Um. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be awesome. <laughs> that would be good. As long as they have the song. Yes, absolutely. Well, speaking of that, uh, I, I put a link uh, and I will, I will attach it to this episode. So if you go to our website, you will be able to access that. I, I found a link to the uh to the song uh by utada so oh, nice. yeah so you will be able to go it's not the skrillex one it is uh it is just just the uh just the version don't think twice the don't think yeah. twice yeah so you'll be able to check that out so uh anyway so that's good uh, i'm looking forward to it i'm excited january uh you know can't get here fast enough january 29th yeah january 29th Absolutely. yeah and ratatouille is going to be in it that's oh, the one other thing that I completely spaced out. Um, oh, what's the rat's name? Remu? Re- Re- Remu? 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 The rat? Yeah, there we go. Remy. Remy. The rat from Ratatouille is going to be uh, supposedly going to be in it. They're not going to have his world, but he's going to be like helpful or something. I don't know the full story. He'll make there, you but... some. He'll cook. He's, 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 a, he's He'll, a chef. He, he will probably make Sora cook. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Oh, I didn't even think about that. That's, uh, you know, I mean, you you know, you could also go, uh, I, I just started thinking, you could also go to uh, the um, the Princess and the Frogs world. Yeah. That would be a world that you could go in, and I that seems that it would be rich with, and there's just a lot to do there, you know. Yes. I think that would be a good one, too. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Right. Yeah, that would be good. So we'll keep it. Yeah. <laughs> also, well, that wraps up this episode of Retro Rebel Gamecast. I want to thank Kemi for this week's discussion. All the notes from this episode will be posted on our site, templeofgeek.com. If you like what you hear, add to the discussion or reach out with questions. Sound off in the comments or email us at retrorebel at templeofgeek.com. Head over to iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you download your podcast and subscribe so you'll be sure to get each episode as it's released. And rate us because that really helps our show. Until the next time.